Hey everybody, welcome back to Advanced Kayak Angler. I uh, appreciate you tuning in. I, I had a good weekend this weekend. It was great. Fished the Coleman Kayak Anglers event up on Ingram's tiny little lake, 22 people. Ended up in second. Uh, it was a four fish limit. I had 77 and a half, which was awesome. My buddy Chuck beat me with 78. I, anytime you can catch fish, I could, two of the four fish I had were on top water. And the water, and it's only 58 degrees. Cause really, the reason I even went to top water is because you got 22 people on a little bitty lake. I just wanted to do something completely different than anybody else. So I thought top water. And I threw a big giant top water. So just trying to get some big bites. And uh, yeah, it worked out. Had a great time. Uh, and congrats, Case Wallace. He caught 23 out there, which that lake's got some good fish for sure. But uh, to catch 23 with so much pressure and so many people fishing, that's that's a big accomplishment. So, uh, yeah. Well, like I said, I appreciate you watching. This week we have John Thomas from Yak Gadget. I'll go ahead and bring him on. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, brother. How are you? Good. So I wanted to bring you on, just talk about Yak Gadget. I, I've been on the team a couple of years now, and um, you know, I, it, it's it's funny. Like, it seems like I tell some people about Yak Gadget, and then they're like, you know, I I think you're, you know, almost everybody knows Yak Gadget, and then every now and then I hear somebody doesn't. I'm like, bruh, <laughs> like like you can go to my YouTube page. My kayak, um, I just did a walkthrough of my kayak, and I have so many Yak Gadget products. I mean, I'm on the team, but I thought about bringing you in whenever I did that video because it's like. I got so many, <laughs> so much stuff on my kayak that you make. It's, it would like, uh, things that I really like that nobody else makes anything like that, that I, man, I, it would be, I would have a different kayak without your product. So first I, I just really appreciate the stuff that you make, but, uh, but how did all this get started? How did you get into the kayak kind of accessories industry? How did all this happen? Well, Dan, first of all, man, thank you for saying that. It means everything when I hear that. Um, you know, it's one of those things where with me, you know, I, I didn't think it would even get to this point, to be honest with you, because I think when I, I got into kayak fishing like seven and a half years ago and I caught a fish off of a kayak and I just fell in love with it. And I, I kind of decided I was going kind of going through a midlife crisis. I was, you know, I was kind of, I don't know, getting burned out. I was a graphic designer for like 30, not quite 30 years, but I was, uh, I'd been doing it for quite a long time. And it got to a point where I was just kind of like, you know, I'm out. I think I was out on the water one morning. It was like a Wednesday and I kind of had, it was on our lake here in, middle Tennessee with Percy Priest Lake, which is a really large mm -hmm. lake. It's about 70 miles lake, but and in Smyrna where I live, I was out there and I was almost virtually by myself. And I was kind of thinking, you know, I don't know what I want to do with the rest of my life, but I know I wanted to be involved with this. I I've just felt peace. I wow. really disliked doing it. And I fell in love with kayak fishing to the point where I started kind of analyzing things that i wish i had while i was out on the water and things that either didn't exist or things that i felt like weren't done a certain way or they were outside of a price range where i kind of thought that it was you know i kind of thought that there were it was either too 
too expensive or I kind of felt like there was a certain range of of prices that were being ignored in the industry. And I kind of thought, you know, I know I could draw these parts because I've been drawing on a computer for, you know, since I think 1989. And, and so I was like, you know, I think I could see if, if, if it's even possible for me to possibly design some of these parts myself and kind of see how I should go about it. And then I got into kind of learning as I went along, you know, um, you know, manufacturing, because I had never done manufacturing before. I, yeah. I'd owned another company, a graphic design, web design, and building web-based applications. I've owned that company for over 20 years, and and it's been pretty successful. And I thought, well, you know, I kind of designed products already because I designed, you know, all these different pieces of web software and stuff. And so I just took my time with it and just kind of learned how to take some of these ideas and turn them into reality and learned how to build. Um, I did some building when I was a kid, you know, my dad was in construction and kind of learned some of that stuff, but then just kind of, uh, start learning, you know, CNCing and, and different types of production using different types of machines, wet jets, CNCs, things like that. And, uh, you know, started talking to some different people and just started, kind of locating different materials and just kind of figuring out how to make some of this stuff and turn it into reality. And lo and behold, I, I got my first, you know, CNC router and just started making parts. And then it just kind of took off from there. And, um, I had done branding, you know, my whole career. So I created the brand. Um, I registered for the name, uh, great, yeah. great logo. And I mean, it, this is obviously what you did for a long time but yeah all, all the logos and all the graphic design is like real nice <laughs> i appreciate it man i really yeah. do yeah that that was a thing where i kind of felt like the power of what we do has to be kind of shown in a brand i think if it looks real people they already consider it like above other brands you know if 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 it looks the part we've you know, I worked for advertising agencies. I was a trained designer. I had worked in different parts of the country. I've worked in, I'm from Tennessee, but I worked in California, Los Angeles and Boston for a little bit. And so oh. I had experience, you know, working for large agencies. So we, we knew the power of brand. And if we could like, if, you know, so if I could create, get a good name and I started researching names and then I then naturally you know, I, I searched for the web addresses first before I registered the name because I wanted to see if I could find a good, quick, you know, name with a .com behind it. And that took quite a while. And then when I came up with Yak Gadget, I purchased that, I think, in uh, 2017, and which was almost two years before I started the company officially. So I had that name in my back pocket and then started playing around with logos and stuff. So by the time we went forward as a company, I already had the name, already had the, the URL, already had some things in place. So it kind of, you know, it kind of launched from there. And I think what really happened was people started to grab onto the name and um, started to kind of check out what we were, able to come up with we we originally started out making motor mounts because mm -hmm. that was the thing that i knew that i could 
do right away. And, and I had gone to ICAST in 2018 and I was working on another uh, project called the uh, prop pod. And we were making like prop pod based motors for different kayaks that allowed you to have pods in there, you know, like uh, yeah. bona fides or big fit, the three waters, big fish, or, mm-hmm. you know, ones like that. And then quickly kind of, started learning lessons right away at ICAST. And as I approached some of these guys uh, and trying to get, you know, some different type of wholesale deals and things like that with some of the manufacturers and kind of learned how the industry operated like really early. And it was kind of, kind of a closed off industry. Like I was like this new guy and I, I think you kind of have to earn your stripes in the industry. So I got a lot of no's at first. And I think what happened was, was that just because they didn't want you making a product for their platform or well or, I think or just you yeah I think it was yeah I think it had something to do with that and also if they don't know who you are and yeah. you you haven't been around for a while it, it just takes a while to kind of earn credibility with those guys and now I, I I look back on it now and it totally makes sense but back then it, it kind of didn't to me it was it was, and I'm not going to lie, it was kind of discouraging at first, but then I, I realized what was really going on. And I think to uh, to your point that you made, um, it just kind of, you know, it, it kind of took me aback. And so I was sitting, it's kind of funny, but I was sitting in the one of the little commissary areas of ICAST where you could like get some food or sit down. And it was like a little coffee shop in there. And I remember talking to um, Charles Adams, who was with me um, at the time. I met actually, he was there by himself, but I met up with him, and we were talking. And I said, you know, instead of trying to make these pod-based motors, how about I just make these uh, motor mounts that you know either mounts on the rear of the kayaks or goes into the pod, and that way people can put whatever motor they want to put on them. And and then I'm just an aftermarket company and. Uh, initially he wanted to be a part of it and, and was for a little while. Um, but, but that's where Jack gadget really started. Oh, okay. So I like, so you were trying to make products that they would sell under their name as like a, a parts manufacturer for them. Well, I knew that I knew if we were trying to make motors per se, we were like, we needed the pods. We needed, there were so many things that we needed. And in order to, to do it, I mean, we could we we were buying all that stuff at retail price, to be honest, at first, and then was putting them together. Again, I didn't know anything about manufacturing, so I was buying that stuff. And then I knew going to ICAST, I tried to make relationships so I could get some wholesale deals, so I could get wholesale deals on the pods, on the motors, and and different things like that. And and those guys kind of at first, they just it just you know it wasn't it wasn't going as successful as I thought it would. And, and that's when I kind of just, I start sketching. I had a little, I had a napkin there and I start sketching on a napkin about um, a motor mount that I wanted to make. And it was going to be a pod based motor mount where it was like, Oh, you could just, you know, slap a $99 Walmart trolling motor on it. And, and, and it would virtually do the same thing as prop pod would, but it would actually be a lot cheaper for me to make. And then I could, then get wholesale deals with the materials people a lot easier than I could getting wholesale deals with the kayak companies. So I was like, Hey, we'll just be an independent aftermarket, you know, kayak accessories company. And Yak Gadget kind of had the name. 
because I had another company that was called Prop Pod by Yak Tools. And I said, hey, I'll get rid of that or kill that. And then I'll just bring Yak Gadget, the name Yak Gadget, that brand online. And then that could just really branch out to a whole plethora. Yeah, it could be everything related to kayaks. Like I wasn't limited by motors, but motors is kind of where we started. And there were a couple other people out there making stuff, but we were, uh, Kevin Dismuke was one of them, but then it was us. And then there wasn't really... Yeah, and he fell off. He he doesn't yeah. make anything anymore. Yeah, you know, I haven't yeah, I don't I don't know. I at first I was, you know, it's like I knew Kevin for a little bit. We we had we had talked, you know, online a couple times, but um and then one objective kind of came around, but they mm-hmm. kind of came around a little bit after after we did, but we were kind of both kind of budding at the same time it's it seemed. Uh but th- so so as we started kind of making the motor mounts, um, rear and pod based motors. Then we got into anchor systems and it really branched from there. And I think what happened was, was that we had the motor mounts, we had the anchor systems by like the summer of 19. So about a year later, we had some things in place and we were making some stuff for Bixby. We had started a relationship with them and we were at the 2019 ICAST and what it was kind of cool to see because a lot of the no's that I had gotten the year before, they were starting to become maybes or yeses. All right. And yeah. So again, it was, it was kind of a thing where, where they were, they were saying, okay, so this guy's back, he's staying in it and he's growing and he's making some cool things. And it was much different in, in terms of how we were received. And I think, and I think again, it goes back to, you know, when you get in the industry, I, I think a lot of these people, they get mobbed with a lot of people that want to do this. And then when they see someone actually take the risk and they see someone actually put themselves out there the way that they put themselves out there, then I don't know if it's respect, but I think it's all, I think it's part of that. But I also think it's like, okay, this guy's in it. He, he's serious. And so it, it's almost like, I felt like, you know, you kind of had to prove yourself if, if, you know, if you will. And, and, and I had went in hook, line and sinker at that point. I think once we got around into that, you know, that first full year of, of being established, uh, it became my, full-time gig like it wasn't a part-time hustle it wasn't a you know uh i had basically stepped out of my other company my wife started running it full-time which she does a tremendous job still has that other company today and she runs that well that gave me some freedom and it also had some money socked away for me to be able to uh kind of you know be able to sacrifice if you will the the time that i needed to be able to really get this thing off so what kind of happened from there was I think from the fall of 19 to like mid, you know, the early 2020 started just making a whole lot more stuff than just the anchor systems and the motor mounts. It really started getting into storage. It got in, started getting the track mounted accessories and it really started just igniting at that point, which I kind of planned that like, I knew that what would make us be different than other companies was we had to have a lot of SKUs because some of these parts 
that we were making. We started with motor mounts and anchor systems and and where I'm going with that is we learned how different all these <laughs> different kayaks were. Yeah. And so we had to, we really had to be that company that was tackling that because other companies weren't. Um, and so when we started making track mounted accessories, it, it gave us more objectivity, I think. Like we began to kind of look at things different because we had been around all these other boats. And I, and you know, Music City Outdoors in Nashville really, you know, they, they really kind of, went out of their way to help me. And I had basically started my company under their roof. Like I had, um, I, cause I needed a place to work and they had some warehouse space that was attached to their building hmm. and so, so where they stored kayaks. And so they ended up cutting me out about a, about 900 square feet. And I started, you know, you know, building, parts there and i had access to all these different boats that they carried so you know from old town to vibe to you know uh three waters big fish and then once um once hook one unfortunately hook one went out yeah. of business and that that's was so, that's still so sad uh, it it was and yeah. i was there i was there when they had opened the doors for the sale i was uh i was there because i drove hook up one, there for it yeah and hook one was one of my dealers at that time when that went down in 2020 and it was like going to a funeral man it was yeah. just but but then once what happened there was Meek city was able to pick up a lot of brands other brand kayaks that they weren't zoned for and they became zoned for like feel free and and some of the other you know big brands which ultimately led to them carrying hobie as well but yeah. but i benefited from that because i was around these kayaks every day so what really started to happen is, you know, I started to come up with all these different concepts, ideas, different things, because I was around these boats all the time. And I could, I could identify certain gaps in certain areas that, okay, this guy could really use this, or this guy could really use this. And that's where, you know, we started making stuff for new canoe and we started making stuff for Hobie and we started making stuff for some of these other brands that didn't always have a lot of accessories. Although Hobie, has a great line of their own accessories but th even within that i saw some gaps of some things that hey we could make to really you know to really bring out the power of a pro angler or bring out the power of the outback or some of the other great kayaks that hobie makes so it really it really just started to become like this chain reaction of products that started to really come from from there and and i i think like once we got into 21 by the time we got you know we're just talking about a two-year period at that point we went from having maybe five to ten skews in 19 to having over like 60 in 21 and then from from 21 to now we've added another gosh I don't know, 35 or 40 yeah. um whether it's you know model specific parts or more universal stuff for track mounted accessories or storage accessories that are more universal. So it really just took us to a bunch of different places that, you know, when we first started, we were just primarily targeting motors and because of prop pod and everything. And then that just, then I just saw the potential. I just saw the, I saw the need and I saw the potential. And I think that's where a lot of this stuff 
really came from was me being on the water and going, man, I really wish I had this, or I really wish I had a crate I could actually access while I'm on the water, or I really wish I had a, a phone mount that was easy to use, or really, you know, I just started thinking about all these different things that I wish I had, and then that's where I started writing all this stuff down, and then so when I started to learn more and started to create more relationships and the more people wanted to work with us, then that really led to me being able to go back into that, to that original book that I was writing this stuff down in and going, okay, now let's handle a phone mount. Now let's attack, you know, uh, underneath seat storage, or now let's attack this stuff that I, that I already had a list of. Cause whenever I walked around some of these kayaks, you know, I would get there to the kayak shop early before other people would get there. And I would just walk around these different boats, writing down things of, man, it doesn't have this or it doesn't have this. This boat lets you do this, but it doesn't let you do this. So how about we make this platform to allow this boat now to offer what this other boat that's more expensive has, you know? And that's where it kind of really started firing up all these different ideas. And sorry for being so long. No, no, this is why we're having it. it. It's super interesting, man. Keep going. Yeah, man, that's, I, so, I, you know, that's kind of where all this is kind of gone to. And I think what's, again, set us apart is there's a lot of other accessory companies out there that make certain types of accessories. But then when you go beyond that into other areas of, of, of the kayak, they either don't make those things or, or, you know, it's too specific for them. So I think that's where it sets us apart, where we kind of make, you know, whether it's, you know, want to put a motor on your kayak, or anchor system on your kayak or anything else, we kind of make all these different things. And, you know, and it's led us to be considered, you know, competitors with some of the top leading companies in the industry, which I'm really proud of. And, uh, so, and we've got some new stuff that we're working on coming out. I, I think 23 is actually going to be an exciting year for us. Um, and again, it, it's becoming like what some no's used to be. Now they're becoming yeses. I, 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 I really saw this really killer, like kind of a TED talk where there was a really, um, uh, a, 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 a really ambitious CEO that talked about, like they were asking him how he became successful and he said well you know when i first got into this business and doing some of the things he did and i even i forget even what industry he was in but he said you know i had a lot of no's and my goals became instead of me focusing on the negativity of the no's or the rejection i said what what can i do to turn to take those no's and turn them into eventual yeses and i just love that because that's been my experience was what i could have been really like you know, put off or, or discouraged by hearing no's or, or, or not even hard no's, but just people kind of maybe not taking us that serious because they didn't know how serious we were. Yeah. And, and then instead of me focusing on that negativity, I just said, you know what? It's not negative. They don't, we got to earn that trust. We got to build that. We got to, we got to let people know we're worth we're worth saying yes to it's on us. It's not on them. They're there. There are companies. They can't take risks without knowing what, you know, so how can I expect them to work with us if we haven't proven ourselves? So that's really fired me up to kind of go, okay, cool. 
now my goal is to turn those no's into yeses and that's starting to happen for us a lot more now and it's really cool it's really cool to see um because it's been a dream of mine since i got into this you know we just wanted to make meaningful products that people could use and try to do it at an affordable rate and try to do it where you know if you don't have this huge budget to go out and buy some of the top of the line kayaks that already have a lot of stuff baked in then you could buy some of our products and take the boat that you have and make it more fishable or make it a better experience for you you know yeah, especially like yak gadget <laughs> yak gadget i mean not, not yak and i'm sorry new canoe has to be your favorite kayak because it's so open to do whatever they make some of their own stuff but you can just go wild with a new canoe you know and you know absolutely and new canoe i've got to be honest with you they're you know, it's, I have to be Switzerland, you know, about this because we yeah, make oh stuff yeah, for oh yeah. every brand. Like people ask me what my favorite brands are. And I, I really, I have opinions on that, but I really try to keep it to myself because we do, because we have, we work with everyone yeah. and, oh and yeah. there's, and all these, and all these brands are great, by the way, they all make great products. I mean, like I remember when people would come into the kayak shop when I, when I used to be there, we moved out of there and. 2021 but when i was there people would come in and they'd ask like oh what kayak should i get and i'm like look whatever you pick here you're you're winning they're all great brands yeah. whether it's crescent whether it's vibe where whether it's feel free whether it's new canoe whether it's bonafide they're all really awesome products but some do different things and you gotta like figure out what kind of water you fish and how you fish and then you find the right boat that's going to fit those needs because not every boat does and not every boat fits every need. You know, you, you've got to kind of you've got to kind of identify who you are, uh, you know, as a as a kayaker and as a fisherman. So getting back to new canoe, one thing that when I started to get around them more and more, I really began to appreciate like all the work that Blake has done there. And yeah, he's a great guy too. Yeah, man. And yeah. well, you know, I've got to really quickly touch on one thing. So the guy who got me really into the new canoe brand was a fellow by the name of Mike Smith. Oh. And, and oh. he lived in Lebanon. He wasn't far away. And I got to know him. And I remember when I first met him, I went up to him because I'd heard his story and he really inspired me. And I went up to him. I think this had to have been in maybe 2018 or, or 19. It, it was kind of early on. And I went up to him and I said, man, you don't know who I am, man, but, but I'm, I'm a huge fan of yours. And he looked at me, he goes, well, hell, I don't know you yet, but I'm a fan of you too. And and just that kind of guy, and then to to literally get to know him more, and then he and just to see how passionate he was about New Canoe, and I started learning about you know these boats, and I knew I had to start and make products for 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 New Canoes, and we that's where the Quick Tracks kind of came. That's exactly where it came yeah. from, and I had actually talked to him about it, and he had come by the shop to, and he actually brought um, his his uh his kayaks his personal fleet of new canoes and brought them and i actually like built like the first you know ver different versions of the quick tracks based on the boats that he brought me 
and and so he helped me in developing the the quick tracks and when we put them out there uh it just blew up i mean we just did we you know we've had a couple of experiences where we've made products and we sat them out you know to the public we've launched them and and some have been more popular than others but when we launched those quick tracks for the frontiers and for the flints and for the pursuits the unlimited hadn't been out there yet uh that product just ignited it just took off and mike had everything to do with that and so he became a really great friend of mine and uh just really loved that guy and when i found out about his passing i was actually working at the east tennessee show that weekend and uh <clears throat> yeah it, it tore me up and um but then, um, you know, a week later, I had to work the Lebanon show, and, and I, they had his funeral exactly when the Lebanon show was kind of starting. And, but, you know, Blake had actually, you know, uh, traveled from Florida and flew to Lebanon or to Mount Juliet, uh, where Mike's funeral was, and, and he attended that funeral. So here's a guy who who owns a major kayak brand and uh, stopped what he was doing, but that's how much Mike meant not only to him, but also the new canoe and to the kayak community. And uh, that, and that really, and I know Blake, you know, Blake wouldn't even want that to be out there in terms of, you know, he's not doing that for any yeah. type of, public. he did that because he genuinely loved Mike and, and he loves people and, and he, he and he also you know he's also been there for river wolf as well with the stuff yeah. that river wolf had gone through with health stuff uh blake's just that kind of guy and so he he's an awesome guy but more to the more to the point makes a really awesome brand of boats that are modular and just really you know i really have a major respect for that brand and yeah i mean boats like that makes it it's candy land for me i mean it's towards our rust for me because I get to look and see what we can build, but Blake's also done an incredible job with the yeah. different things that he's developed. You know, if you look those cool modular pods that the they have, pod, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, those are killer. If you look at like the motor systems, he's yeah, come the up whole with. E the whole EPS where you can oh. you can disconnect your pedal drive and then just add on your motor. No, I I can't think yeah. of a I can't think of another brand that has gone the distance that he's gone to provide so many different options where you can tailor that thing to your I, I think he's one of the first and, and I'm not gonna say he's the only one but he's one of the first to not look at his boats as kayaks I think what he did was he realized I think early in the game that that he created a platform and that and that's what I think these kayaks really are to me they're platforms where and he kept it pretty open as far as who could put what on his boat. And I will say this. I remember being at ICAST on the demo day, and he was the only kayak out there that had a bow-mounted motor. He was the first to do it um, and as a company. He was the first to have – and he XI3 didn't exist yet, Damn. but here's the funny story about that. There was these two kids in college that were there, and they both got out of college. One was a, a, a software designer, and the other guy was a uh, the other guy was an actual like a programmer. And they got together and they created this GPS spot lock technology. And they had a um, they made a they made 
a piece of hardware that went on to a remote controlled bow mounted motor. And then you could use the phone app to lock in your spots. They were the first to create that tech. And I met those two guys. I didn't know that. And I told those guys, because they had a booth there at ICAST, and I told those guys, your technology is about to be bought, dude. <laughs> like, you're the first to do this. And lo and behold, a year later, I never saw those guys again. And then all of a sudden, all the spotlight technology. But but New Canoe was demoing that motor with that hardware, with that software that those two kids out of college created. They had to have been maybe 21, 22 and and they had they were brilliant and they had come on a up beach with, now yeah well, they gotta be they gotta yeah. be making some they they had to had made some cash from that because it was i mean what they had made was brilliant but new canoe was the first brand to do that so i have a ton of respect for them as a company and what they've done so anything we've made for them we've you know to go on that boat not for them personally i'd love to work with blake personally but uh but anything we've made for that brand, you know, we've we've tried to be mindful of stuff they've already had, so we're not yeah. we're not yeah. recreating the wheel. But at the same I, time, making some unique that. stuff. Yeah, like like you know, not you know, you want to make something and you want to be cool with everybody, but not step on their toes or the product yeah. that they're making. Yeah, and, and 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 two, and again, <laughs> it doesn't do us any good like for us to create stuff just because someone else has already made it. Like if we're going to make it and I know, and I know there might even be a few people that balk at that, but for us, if we're going to make something for, for example, our crate, right? There were already crates out on the market. We did not invent the crate. Yeah. Yak attack had had the black pack way, (laughs) way, way long before I ever thought about having a crate. However, when we created our crate, we, we had a different mission with it because I had had back surgery and for me, I did not, I don't have the flexibility that some other people may have. I wasn't on a new canoe at the time because that's the only boat, not the only boat now, but that's the first boat that had the swivel seat where you could turn your whole seat around because it was the first guy that was stable enough to do that. Yeah. And and so if you could have a walk-in safe if you got a new canoe, right? Uh, you know, because you, you could turn around and access it. But on other kayaks, especially the ones that I were, I was on at the time, I really didn't have that ability. I mean, I one of my first main kayaks I had was a Vibe Seaghost 130, so I couldn't turn my body around on that boat. I didn't want to risk potentially flipping the boat just to try to get to my gear. And and all these other crates had lids and and also they, yeah, they had like, latches. Yeah, and you yeah. you have to like get. It's it's hard to see what's in there without fumbling around or really getting back there and look at it. That's yeah. That, that, that's honestly why I love your crate the most because I can barely turn around. I can lift up one corner of the right of the box. You know, one of the straps off the the four straps that hold the top down. I yeah. just open up one and I've got all my labels on the left side, so I can mm-hmm. lift up one, see exactly which one I need, and then pull it out without having to take any of the other straps off. I can just do one and grab it. Yeah, I, it, I, I well, love that. I, I really, I honestly do love that box, and I've had other ones. Yeah, uh, it's it's my favorite box for sure. You know, and that's the thing. It's like, it, thank you for saying that, but that's but what you just said is so key. You know, everything looks great on dry ground. You you know, like the the like, and you know, there's some other companies that have released some new crates this year or this past year in 22, 
and they look amazing. They're aesthetically they're killer. But this is what I say. Everything looks great on dry ground. When you're on the water and you need to access your stuff, that's what I designed these products. I wanted our products to be easy to use. If it takes me more than five minutes to explain to you how to use our product, I did a horrible job. They should be so darn intuitive where it, it you know, and I've, I've heard people have said this about our products, and I know it's going to sound arrogant, but they just say, you know, look, we love your products because you get you get what we're trying to do out there on the water. And I'm just like, well, I'm trying to, you know, when I'm out on the water, I'm trying to do the exact same you, same thing you're doing. I'm trying to fish and make it an easy experience and not a hard one. And so what we try to do is create this stuff to where, yeah, it's easy to, you should, this should be the easiest thing to be able to get your gear that you bring with you. You shouldn't have to pull your kayak over and get out of it to be able to get, to be able to change your bait, to be able to change a lure. You should, you should be able to just to reach back, grab your gear. Um, you know, for me, I, I talked to, um, when I was studying ergonomics, I was talking to a guy that designs products for the blind and what, and, and that kind of came up with, you know, with the idea where I tell people about our crate is, you know, for me, I keep most of my hard baits, you know, in, in my main storage area and then in the dry pocket. Uh, pouch that we have the dry bag that's and that's an actual cover i, I, I love a, that cover by the way oh i, I appreciate I it. all my all my leader and my I yeah keep things in there I, it, like i wouldn't know what to do without that bag exactly like i keep a lot of my plastics in that you know like a lot of times i'll take that off and bring that up up front or up to my cockpit and you know i'll keep a lot of my stuff there but that's that's my point it's like so what i did was i kind of i talked to a guy that designed products for blind and that's where i go Okay, cool. I know like in my first compartment, my first dividers and everything's angled, right? So everything's mm -hmm. leaning towards you. In my first compartment, I have like my hard baits that's designed for shallow water, you know, from uh, from zero feet to two feet deep. And then in my middle ones, I have all my baits from, uh, from four feet um, to six feet. And then in the, last, in the farthest from me, I have my deep divers. And so that way, when I reach back, I know exactly what case I'm grabbing. And, and so talking to people that design products for people who are impaired, that really helped me out a lot to come up with, with, with that thought process. And I share that a lot with people when I'm at shows and it just, you know, that's why I think that crate has been so successful because we designed it to where it was, or it was one of the first crates that's, that's actually ergonomically designed for for you to easily easily reach straight back and grab your gear instead of having to cock your arm and turn your whole body around which yeah. is very difficult for me to do personally so so there's you know so it's stuff like that you know so everything we make you know we have a few different you know philosophies you know one does it make the experience easy and pleasurable to use and two can we add more than one function you know can you know for example like you know, uh, our flex rods, you know, our horizontal rod stagers. It's like, yeah, you can store your rods, you know, by you and, and access them quickly. But then we also put things in there like a paddle holder in the middle. So you mm -hmm. can put your paddle in the middle and then grab one of your rods to the side. So it's got two functions there. Uh, our shallow stick holder, you know, um, you can put the shallow stick through the hole, but you also have the ability to, you know, there's a, 
two cello stick holders. You just put it right there, pop it right in. And then you have another area on it where you can install another item, whether it be a, a phone holder or, or, a, or, a, you know, or a, a rod holder or something like that. So we try to give you more than just one function. Our cup holder XD, you know, to be able to put your fish grips, be able to put your pliers, be able to hang off your lures, you know, use that thing as a bait caddy as much as you would a, a cup holder. And, and so I think people really appreciate that and, and, and then sell it at a economical price. Like now you're just getting value on value on value. And so that's what we try to do with, with our stuff. And I think, you know, companies like new canoe and companies like Hobie, they're, they're starting to see that now they're starting to see like what we bring to the table. So those users are coming to us when they first, you know, we, we've had this happen several times lately where a customer just buys a new canoe and then they come to our site and they literally buy like eight of our products in one purchase. And to me, that is, that's the biggest compliment we could ever be paid because they're now like they're setting their boat up and they're doing it with Yak Gadget in mind. And that's really killer. That's just, you know, that's what I really wanted this to be. I want, I, you know, this is, it, that's a dream for me when I see that because I go, okay, they get what we're trying to do. We're trying to make their life better. And with our underneath seat storage, uh, the quad flex box that we now have yeah. that now fits all the new canoes and it fits underneath the Hobies. And now we have the, we also have the duo that fits on the kayaks, like the Mokens, yeah. like like the Moken Twelves and Moken Tens for the fill free, and it also fits the Hobie Outback. Now people are in our duo plate that also fits those boats. People are now starting to see that okay, Yak Gadgets who we need to come to first because we're making this stuff just for them in mind. We we know those are you know to be able to use stuff underneath your seat, to be able to use that space, to be able to use your. We have a universal seat bag. We were one of the first companies to have that. Mm -hmm. You know, I got now, two of them. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. I mean, you, you, you're like one of the perfect like uh, examples of of who we make this stuff for, you know. Um, and and that's been probably the coolest thing for me is to see that not only we because we're not just making a bunch of stuff to make a bunch of stuff. Everything that we have released, there have been needs there, and now we have a, so much customer data. You know, when we work these shows, when we all of our emails, people are telling us what they want us to make now. And if we get so many requests, then we've now got we're now faced with a decision. We better like look into this because, you know, if I work a show and I got 50 people that come up to me asking about this one particular type of item, if I'm not making it, then someone else is going to. And so this gives me so much really the customers give us so much great data now it makes it you know it makes it even more meaningful because now we're like okay our customers are telling us what some of their pain points are now i'm gonna go out on the water and i'm gonna see if i can have the same kind of experience so now when i make something it's gonna not only fill their need but i know it's gonna work you know on the water because that's what i try to do with everything we do if i make something i go out on the water and experience it because I, I want to make sure that we're not only listening to our customers, but we're giving them a solution that's going to last them for a long, long time. I I was going to say that might be like the one negative with your products. Cause 
I've got the box. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't know if I'm ever going, it's built so sturdy. <laughs> Maybe if I lost the top, I'd have to buy a new top, but I yeah. can't imagine that box ever going bad, you know? Yeah. That's a, that's a really funny point. So, so I've experienced this and I've experienced this at certain shows that I've like been working for like the last three years. And you know, we have a lot of customers that will come into our booth at these shows and they'll go, well, I already own just about everything you make and I don't really need anything else. And that really like, you know, we're like, okay, we're making our stuff like really good apparently because we're not having to replace it. So that now drives us too. It's like, okay, there's gotta be little things that we can make, or there's gotta be this or that to continue to get some of those, (laughs) continue to get some of those, you know, added purchases, you know, from the same customers that have been buying our stuff. But you make a really good point. But I'll I'll be honest with you, too. I'm really proud of that. I'm really proud of the fact that, okay, if you buy our stuff and you bought it two years ago and you're still using it and you're still enjoying it, that means we made a dang good product. And let me tell you what, that to me, that matters more than anything because I almost, I used to over-design, but now... I don't over-design anymore. What we do now is we just go, okay, whatever we make, we want to make it simple, but let's make it like with the best like type of material, the thickest we can get away with, you know, afford to, when I mean by get away with, to make it as thick as we can afford to make it and still keep that price point, that price point where it needs to be. Like we just think a lot differently than we did like four years ago, of course, as, as you, as you would. However, I think now what we're looking at, you know, with some of the stuff we're making is like, okay, how can we, you know, continue to make that same quality of stuff, but even go into different realms like plastic injected molding, um, thermoforming, not just CNCing anymore. Like, so we're, we're starting to make that, that evolution now and into new stuff that we're looking at, but we're, we're, but we're using that same mentality of, okay, can I throw this thing across the warehouse like I used to? Like when I first made that crate, I took it and literally threw it against a brick wall in our warehouse and that thing did not break. And I talked, and I had had a one quick story on on that crate. One guy was driving with it. He said it blew off of his, his boat. He didn't tie it down right or something. And it, he looked in the rear view Oh, I know who it was. It was uh, it's Jimmy McClurkin, who's on our pro team. <laughs> and he said he was driving down the road. And he was going, you know, he fishes all these tournaments all over the country. And he's, you know, in the 10 every year, just about in the last two or three years, you know, been in the top 10 with KBF and all that. Well, he's driving down the road and he looks back and he sees that uh, come off of his old town. Um, and he just sees that thing in the air and just starts skipping on the highway. And he's like, Oh dude, that thing is done, but I got a bunch of gear. Let me see. Let me see if I can try to save something salvage. So he ends up getting off the next exit, coming back around to it. And when he pulled off and he got it, the thing was still intact and it had like a little chip on it, but hardly any, any damage at all. And he was like, he was like, I got to call JT and let him know this. And so that, that just warmed my heart because I was like, okay, we, we make a tough ass product. That's I'm proud of that. I'm proud of that. Like, so, so, but but that came from all that warehouse testing of me literally spiking that thing like a football on a concrete (laughs) floor 
and seeing if I could bust it. I mean, that's what we did with our pod mounts. When we made the pod mount for Bonafide, I got in a Bonafide SS-107 and literally went where I knew all the stumps were. I I remember being at the Palace Sports Retailer Show, um, you know, with Phil Free, with a Phil Free boat, and I, and I literally ran into a concrete wall because where we were at, we were at the Olympic Training Center for Whitewater um, in, in Oklahoma City, and they had all that stuff turned off, of course, for us. They turned it on later for the Whitewater guys, but for us, they had it off. But I knew where the concrete walls were that were like six inches under the boat. All right, I'm going to hit this thing going, you know, almost four miles an hour. Let's see what happens. So I do that type of stuff. I try to touchdown spike all of our stuff. And, you know, I took our flex rods and I just, I would throw them, you know, I, I, I threw them outside like on the asphalt. And I actually drove our truck over. I drove my truck over a couple of products before. See if I get the split, you know. And uh, so I'm really big on that because I come from, my dad was in construction and he would always tell me, you know, you got one chance to build it the right way. And so, so that's what we try to do, you know, uh, with all of our stuff. But, but no, when he told me that story, when that thing went airborne on a highway, him going 75 miles an hour and that thing didn't break, including the rod tubes, I was pretty impressed by that. Heck yeah. What, what, what's your most successful product? Well, you know, I think, I think now, it, I, I guess that would depend on like quantity or sales. But what, what, what do you feel is your most successful product? Well, I, I that's a hard one, you know, because I, I think our track mounted accessories as a whole have been some of our most successful uh, products. Just everything we make, just because, um, just everybody can use them, right? Yeah, that. Yeah, I think. I think what I've started to realize is there's a reason why a lot of companies don't do a lot of kayak specific products, you know, because the, because if you make a universal product or a product that can go on any gear track or a product that can go on, you know, that can go underneath all these different seats or a, a, a seat bag that can fit every kayak seat there, you're, you're the number of sales that you're going to get off a product like that versus a kayak specific product. You can't even compare it. Right. Yeah. So, so for us to track mounted accessories, when we really delved into that world and we started making our own paddle holders, when we started making our own, um, you know, um, the easy grip series, you know, the XDs and, you know, with the, with the two paddle holders on it, we started making that different stuff. It really did set us in a different light with our customer base and and then we started you know selling stuff on amazon and we started seeing that stuff really take off on amazon so so for us it really i I think lately it's been a big big success for us and i think um you know our storage products you know if you know we've had those before we had the track mounted stuff and I think, you know, those two things, those two things probably sell the most for us, you know, in terms of all of those products. Yeah. And because and they're, they're pretty close, you know, in terms of sales results, you know, um, the products that I think I'm the most proud of right now is, you know, the Flex Rod series has been great because I gave that a whole refresh at the end of last season. Uh, we now have 
six different types of flex rods that we sell. We don't just mm -hmm. sell the two rod and the paddle holder anymore. We sell a three rod version, a four rod version. We sell two rods and a catch board holder or, or bump board holder, I should say. Um, we sell, you know, we sell uh, a version that's our micro series, which allows you to take those out on the smaller kayaks uh, uh, that you're mainly paddling, like some of the Jacksons, the Crescents, the, you know, the new Light Tackle 2, which is boss. I love that kayak, the CK1, uh, and also the Sholey. Um, the Flex Rod Micros have been hugely successful for those boats. Um, so we've really just, we've really taken that one product and now we've made, you know, like I said, six to seven different versions of that product just because of the demand from, you know, our customer base. Um, and, you know, again, I, I just put it up there with all of our track mount accessories. I really like our rod, um, not our rod, uh, our grip lift, which we made recently for the, you know, we sell our paddle holder, but we, we know that Yak Attack has the number one paddle holder in the game with the rotor grip. However, a lot of customers have emailed me over the years to ask, hey, can you make something to lift that up? Because we feel like it sits too close to the kayak and our blade comes, our paddle blade knocks it out of the holder sometimes, yeah. or if we want to hold a net. And so we made their, we made uh, a little product that worked, that pairs perfectly with a Yak Attack product, which, you know, I have a few grip, I have a few rotor grips. I, you know, I, before I made my own, I was buying yeah. theirs. There was, they were the only ones really making a good one, you know? I have a couple so, I've, I've had forever, you know, if, if they, if I lost them, I would buy a different one, but I, yeah. And I, it will. And that's the thing. It's like, we knew that. So we were like, Hey, let's make a product that people have been asking about asking for and let's make it, you know, so the people that already have invested in that, uh, they don't have to, we're not going to expect them to you know get rid of theirs and buy, buy our paddle holder. But you know, if they don't, unless they want to, but if they don't want to, cool, they could buy the grip lift, which will lift that rotor grip up by almost three inches. And then you can actually turn it sideways as well and use it that way, uh, which will lift it up, you know, a little bit over two inches. So that gives you, that gives you um, a, a really new lease on that product and it allows you to use that product in a different way, whether you want to hold your net, whether you want to, you know, just set your paddle higher up off the kayak, you know. So, so we, a lot of those products have become, they're starting to become successful for us too, because people are saying, seeing our ability to, again, look at certain niches within the market and create solutions. Uh, Cause there's always gaps. There's, yeah. there's always opportunities and in, in all of this stuff. And we're starting, we're starting to, you know, get into other types of watercraft, not just kayaks as well. We're starting to create some of these solutions for some of these other products too. So it's an exciting time for us. Is is there a product that you made that you thought was going to do really well, but turned out to be a dud? Maybe it didn't. So, and maybe you, you know, you didn't sell as many as what you thought. Well, you know, that's the, that's the funny thing about it. It's like, um, as far as duds, we haven't really made a, a complete dud because because they've always we we sell it now we may not yeah. sell it i've sold everything we've ever made i but there are certain things that you know didn't sell quite as well one product that 
I've had an interesting history with, and it's really funny, is our quick view mirror. And I was, I was wondering if that quick view mirror ever ever did any good. You know, I, I just I couldn't see. You know, maybe if I um like a shotgun start now, like on Saturday morning it was a shotgun yeah. where everybody left at once. I'm trying yeah. to leave everybody. Like I could see the guy. He's getting close to me. You know. Yeah. Well, you know. So the funny thing about that mirror when I first came out with it, I caught so much hell about it uh, from <laughs> from the hardcore tournament guys. You yeah. know who I didn't catch hell from was the recreational people. Um, they absolutely loved it. I got so sick of the negativity that I received from the fishing, the fishing community about it at first that I, that I, I had brought it out. I had sold quite a few of them and then I just retired it. Cause I was like, you know, whatever, you know? Um, and then I started getting emails when I, <laughs> when I canceled it and I had a lot of recreation uh, kayakers. And then I also had some fishermen too. Like, are you going to bring it back? Please tell me you're going to bring it back. We, we, we really like this product and I didn't expect that. And so I actually brought it back. We now have the new, the new version, the quick view 2.0 out there. I've been selling them at shows and, but I've had people give me some guff too. And then I explain the story. They go, well, why did you make it? And I said, well, here's the main reason why I made it. I have a niece and a nephew who, I, well, I've taken out multiple nieces and nephews throughout my years. But I have two nieces. I have a niece and nephew in particular who absolutely love going out with me. And I've taught, they, they're young, but they can handle their own boats. Um, so some of my smaller kayaks I have, I bring those out for them. And I've taught them how to paddle quite well. To the point where I can't hear them. So if I get in front of them, yeah. I literally started turning my kayak all the way around to make sure they're okay, that they didn't go over or fall over or anything. Cause one of them was only like eight years old or seven and had their own kayak. Right. And a lot of people thought would think maybe that's too young, but they did great. So I would have to turn my boat, just making sure they're okay. And they, they would paddle like whisper quiet, not, not splashing water or anything like Cause I just taught them how to really, you know, sneak up on fish and they just wanted to be like little water ninjas and they were. And so I turned my boat around eight, eight times, 10 times during a trip just to check on them. And then when I made a prototype of the mirror and I put it on there, I was like, well, how about that? I don't have to turn my body or turn my kayak around. I can see them. And you know, they'd even wave at me cause they know I'd see them in the mirror. And then I got to thinking, I was like, okay, there's got to be something to that, especially to the guys that also have their kids in the kayak with them or yeah. sit behind them in their, in their in storage wheel in the back. You could look back and, and see your kid and make sure that they're safe. So when I started saying that at the shows, the hardcore guys that were laughing about it, they stopped laughing because oh, they, all, the kids. they all got kids, man. Yeah. They all got. So then I started talking about, well, I had another experience. I had it on my Bonafide uh, 107 when I was testing a motor and I heard this really like weird noise and I looked in my mirror and there was a really fast uh, boat. It wasn't a bass boat. It was, it wasn't a ski boat. It was like a, it was like some kind of a custom boat with like a crazy inboard motor in it. And it was heading right towards me and I saw it. And I was able to get my boat out of the way in time to not get literally sawed in half. 
And I was, and then I was in another situation where I was backing up and I saw in the mirror, a bunch of trees behind me. And I was going, you know what, no matter what someone thinks of this product, it, it it's, it's allowing you to see things that you couldn't see before without having to turn your body. Now, look, if you're young and, and flexible and limber and you can turn around, you've got that flexibility. It's all good. But if you're like me, who I'll be 50 next week and Hey, I've had back early, surgery. Man. Happy early birthday. I, oh, thanks, man. Yeah, and I, I'm not, you know, I'm kind of a bigger guy. I'm about 230, about 235 right now. But, um, you know, a little bit bigger of a fella. I don't have that flexibility to turn my body around and see all this stuff. And you know what's funny about kayaks is they're one of the few vessels out there on the water that doesn't have a mirror that you can drive. You got to think about that. Yeah. If you get on anything road-related, you got to have mirrors. Yeah. So for me, you know, that product, not necessarily a dud, but it's now it's had a slow burn and I discontinued it because of the slow burn. And then when I found uh, when I found another source of a mirror that I really liked and I could, you know, create the right base for it, um, I brought it back and now people are starting to buy it. And they, you know, at the Columbus, Ohio show. I sold out of them. So it was, so it was, it was crazy. It's like one of those unexpected things where you look at it and you go, well, it is a highly functional thing, but it's not something that people think about a lot, especially guys that are experienced kayak fishermen. They certainly don't. I, again, I've had people go, come on, man, are you serious about that? And I'm like, Hey, it's not, you know, we give our company, our company's purpose is to give everyone different options to customize a boat the way that they want to. And you may not want that product, but you'll use our other stuff. But there's yeah. rec, there's rec kayakers. They see that mirror and they like to go out with kids or friends. They they buy, you know, like one guy bought it. He bought like four of them. He bought them for each member of his family that goes out with them. So, so you know, it's one of those things where I think that's probably been the closest thing that I thought that was just going to be a dud that I thought was a good idea, but not everyone accepted it right away. But now it has a slow burn. It's kind of coming back around, which is kind of fun. I like it. So are I, because you make all the parts in-house, are they, I, like, I, with any business, inventory is one of your biggest costs. How, how are you, are you making it all on demand or is it kind of in between, like you might have one or two on the shelf and, and you just replenish it, I guess is, yeah, like men maxes or how how are you doing? How are you doing your inventory like that? Yeah, so I think with with COVID and with everything that's happened with supply chain and everything that everyone's been experiencing, not just me, but and we've been fortunate uh, with our supply chains um, a lot more than some other people in the industry. I think way we've managed it is I go back to the numbers and we look at our track mounted accessories that sell really, really good. We just make those in mass quantities because we know we're going to sell them. So like a like big run of them. Yeah. Yeah. Like if I, like last week, you know, we were running low on, on, uh, we were running low on some different types of flex rods. So yeah, ran out a couple hundred, you know, of different versions. And, and cause we know those, we know those, we know certain products are going to move 
And, and you know what's funny is like our quad box, like the quad box you the hard one that you have under your Hobie seat. Mm-hmm. Like we ran a bunch of those last week because we've been we've been selling them, you know. Uh, and so we were like, let's run out thirty or forty of these bad boys, you know. And um, so there's certain products that we make that we know we need to have in a larger box. Our cup holders are. Um, all of our trap mount accessories, we make those in larger quantities because we sell those. The, the, you know, the crates, you know, like the crates will do a certain run of those. But then there's other things like some of our motor mounts, you know, say for like a Big Fish 120, we might have like one or two of those, right? Um, or, you know, but if it's like our regular standard MK motor mount, you know, we'll make a run of those, you know, we'll have probably 25, 30 of those on hand at any time. Um, the vibe rear motor mounts for like the sea ghosts and stuff, which we sell, still sell a lot of those. It's crazy. Hmm. Um, but the pod we, deal too, right? Yeah. The pods. Yeah. The pod thing, like the pod motoring is, is still so popular because it's just, I think a lot of people just want simplicity, you know, not everyone's a tournament fisher, but they yeah. still want the ability to get out there and go longer distances, but they want a motor that they can drop in and take out. You know, we've, and we've had a little, I won't say controversy, but we've definitely had some, you know, some things, you know, like with the bonafide pod, you know, some, some folks have said, you know, Hey, you know, this, this could void the warranty of a kayak or whatever. And we've had to deal with that where, you know, and I've talked to some of the people over at bonafide, you know, um, the motors aren't that powerful that they're no yeah. we've never let's put it this way for bonafide alone we have sold uh, over 500 of those pod mounts we have not had one warranty issue come from those now i'm not saying it could never happen and, and of course i'm knocking on some wood right here but yeah. but but the thing about it is we designed that product i think well enough to where and i tested it i hit stumps i I beached it. I, I slammed the motor into mud, um, you know, with uh, under a foot of water, uh, purposely trying to damage the kayak. Like I was prepared to sink my kayak uh, to make sure it's safe and never, never had any uh, abrasions in, in that area. That's actually a, a lot tougher of an area that people realize. I've seen all these boats split, uh, cut, you know, like uh, uh, damaged boats that need to be sawed. Um, we've I've seen a lot of these boats sawed in half. I could tell you, I could tell you all the kayaks and the different thicknesses and thinnesses of certain areas on boats. But like yeah. example for Bonafide, that boat is the SS one twenty seven, the SS one hundred seven, and now the RVR. Those are such well made kayaks that those areas are actually pretty darn tough. I, I really uh, went one out of 127 whenever they first came out. I really thought the plastic is kind of soft, like it, like I, out of all the kayaks I've had, they probably have what I thought was like the highest quality plastic out of any other. I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, I, I, I know you can't talk about other brands, but to me, oh. I, I thought that was like the best plastic out of any kayak I've ever had. Um, I'm serious, man. Very well made. Like, yeah. like I said, I've seen that boat cut in half. And I've seen how it is very even, very consistently molded. A lot of the boats are, of course. Like, I've seen Jackson's, too. I mean, Jackson's are phenomenally made, too. I mean, 
most of these brands are. I mean, they all have a great standard. But that boat, like for people, like when people were saying on the message group or Facebook groups about, you know, our pod potentially voiding warranty. But what, the, what a lot of people didn't understand is every aftermarket product that you put on your kayak can potentially uh, will, will potentially void your warranty, any motor mount. Because none of those kayaks were designed to have motors specifically. They can handle them, but they are, but they're not they're not part of the it's not part of the you know if you put a if you put a motor on the back of your kayak especially a motor that wasn't rated or you you just put a motor on the back of your kayak and it, and and there's no mount that they sell for that which means an aftermarket company had to make one well, what that means is that that company never designed that boat to be used that way so yeah you're potentially voiding your warranty by any motor that you put on your kayak. However, companies like ours are experienced and we know what we're making. So we're not just making it because we think, oh, this person's going to buy it and they can just slap it on there. No, we tested the shit out of this product and we know if it's going to, we know it's going to work well in the pot or we know it's going to work well in the rear. Or, or on the bow, like I don't make bow moats per se, but there's other companies that do, and they've done their homework too. So, so what I'm, but those products technically can void the warranty of your kayak. So everyone that you put any motor you put on your kayak is, could potentially void the warranty. However, it very rarely happens because again, we all make really good products that that make sure that we take the kayaks and the kayaker safety to heart. I'm not, I got to sleep at night. I'm not going to sell anything that I know is not going to work and work really well. And we, like I said, out of all of the pod motors that we've sold and then feel free, um, you know, same, same thing, you know, with the feel free pods we've sold is probably more of them than we've sold for bonafide. And yeah, we've never had an issue whatsoever. Um, with, with those, uh, thankfully, I mean, but, but we also designed them, and in such a way where we wanted to make sure that we considered that beyond everything. So, Spike so but, in the office, but well, you know what it is, man. It's like you, it's really, it's, none of this is negative. I think what it is is that, you know, I think owners want to know what they're getting into when they buy a certain product. And for me, we just want to do everything we can to reassure that whatever we make, yeah, we're testing it. We're touchdown spiking it. We're we're trying to wreck our kayak out on the water. We're we're trying to do these things. And if we can't, if we abuse something and it still holds up and it's still working, then that's going to be a real good product for you. Ninety nine point nine percent of the time. And and so, the safety of our users is primary. And the and the the bottom line for us is we don't want to just make stuff to sell. We want to make stuff that you can use and use for a long time and have a high quality product. I care more about that than than how much money I make. Uh, believe me, if I wanted to, if I was just getting this industry to make money, uh, I I wouldn't get into this industry. <laughs> uh, this is a labor of love, man. This, this is not a you know. People think, oh, you got a million dollar idea. There, yeah, no. Uh, it's a lot more blood sacrifice than it is pay. Um, but, but, you know, we do that all of us in the industry, we do it because we love what we do. And, uh, 
and you know that's more important to me than trying to make a buck um so the products that we make we like i said before we but we you know these issues are all real because and we pay attention to this stuff and it matters to us when we hear it and and it's not slander or anything like that i think what it is is just to let people inform people like look when you put a bow mount motor on a kayak that only weighs 70 something pounds and your and your motor that you're putting on the front weighs 60 something pounds with the battery uh or or without the battery and yeah. then you add the battery to that you've got to know what could potentially happen on that boat but it's not slandering the product or the or the kayak it's it's letting people know this you know you want to make sure you put that motor i mean that motor when you put it in the front you want to make sure you put a battery in the back to equal the weight or you want to pay attention like when you stand up on that boat to fish from it that if you shift your weight in the front you, that bow's already got another 60 pounds already on it so you want to pay attention to things like that that's all we're, that's all i think anyone in the industry is ever saying now we like i said we don't make bow mounts per se but that's an example of uh of you know the care that everyone in the community has and i think that's one thing that's awesome about um this industry is we have such a very passionate community and I think people are just looking for the best products. And so that's what we try to give them. Well, that's a great place to end it. Man, I appreciate you being on. Thank you for your time. And where, where can everybody go to find out more about Yak Gadget products? Well, we've got our main website, which is yakgadget.com, Y-A-K gadget.com. Um, you can get, uh, you can reach us on uh, Instagram where we're Yak Gadget on Instagram. Um, our YouTube channel, Yak Gadget JT, on there, uh, and 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 we've got some exciting things that we're trying to get off the ground with our YouTube channel. We're trying to do a lot more video content this year, and and I'm trying to get into uh, just doing some really simple rigging videos to really show you guys how I rig kayaks and some of the mindset that that I put behind it and some of the tips and tricks beyond just our products, other products that you could also buy out there that you can help simply rig your kayaks. Uh, if you have to drill into your boat, the best way to do that, if you want to add a, a motor mount for a kayak that doesn't have uh, inserts or anything like that, we've got some tips and tricks for that. So I'm really looking to do that. On our Facebook page, we've got, we've got our Yak Gadget site. We have our Yak Gadgets owners group, and we also have, course i'm john thomas you can find me as well so we're post when i do a post i basically simultaneously post it to all those other yak gadget based groups so so you can find us on all those different social media channels yeah and you can see us both at the uh alabama fishing show on was it march 11th is that where it is i think it's like the 10th 11th and 12th i think yeah. it's that weekend of the uh, of the 10th 11th and 12th i think that i think those are the dates i'm really excited about that show the folks that put that show on is from east tennessee fishing show so they do a really bang up job uh and and from what i've seen so far it's going to be right on the coosa river yeah, uh they're gonna i think they're gonna have a demo ramp there too i think they're actually gonna have i think they're trying to do some 
stuff by the water, if I'm not mistaken, if it's not going to be too cold. I don't think it will. I think it'll be in the 60s or whatever. In the 80, like 80 today. Well, I know. That's what's crazy. Who knows what it's going to be by. But but I'm excited about that show. I really am. And I, I love the fact that Alabama now has a show like that uh, because they're going to have um, um, a really uh, big-time um, kayak dealer there plus me. Uh, and, and, and then all the baits tackle all different boat companies. I mean, they, they do a great job of bringing a lot of different people to the, to the table with that show. It's a nice, well-rounded show and a good emphasis on small watercraft, which I'm really excited about. Yeah. And I, I know, uh, from the kayak side, myself and Coley McGowan are doing seminars. I'll be there on Sunday. And then there's also. I mean, you have with Bucks Island, you have Matt Heron and Wes Logan and some other boat pros that'll be there if you, if you want to hear them speak as well. So, uh, like always, appreciate y'all listening. John, thanks again for being on. Go go check them out. They have absolutely some of the best products on the market. And, you know, my, my kayak would not be the same without them. So uh, we'll see y'all again next week and be safe out on the water. Thank you. <laughs>